Welcome everybody to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com. This is the website where you can take online video courses and you can also learn personal protection, urban survival, and everything in between. Starting in January 2021, Survive and Protect will begin its Survive and Protect Academy. To become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy, all you need to do is go to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com, click on the Attend S&P Academy button, and scroll down the page till you see a set of instructions that will show you how to become a student of the Survive and Protect Academy. In the Survive and Protect Academy, you will get exclusive content that will not be on any of Survive and Protect's social media platforms. So be sure to join us today by going to SurviveAndProtectOnline.com and come down to the bottom of the page, enter your email address, and click the subscribe button. So before we go, always remember to be aware, wash the hands, and have a plan. We'll see you soon. What's going on, everybody? Right now, you're taking a look at um, a couple of badges. The one on your right says Deputy Sheriff Los Angeles County. And then the one on the left says Runaway Slave Patrol. What do you guys think about when you take a look at these badges? When you see it, what do you guys think about here? I don't know. I just find it. I just find it interesting when I take a look at it or when I looked at it. It's just amazing how you can go so far back to slavery. And just think that. Your police departments or your sheriff. Counties and county departments, however you want to put it was originally or somehow tied to um, slave patrols. Because I guess that was like the, you could consider those the early, either the first or the earliest types of forms of uh, law enforcement. When slaves decided they didn't want to be slaves no more, they didn't want to be treated, mistreated a certain way, they didn't want to be beat. They wanted to find themselves a better life and so in order to do that, they had to escape. And then you had to send out the slave patrol, kind of like fugitive, like a fugitive patrol or even like the marshals today. They go looking out, looking for people who have who have escaped. And um, it's kind of when you think about that visual, it's kind of. Um, compelling, I guess you can say, how things went from looking for slaves who rightfully so decided, you know, enough was enough. They couldn't be allowed to be caged up. So I guess you could say the plantations was kind of like the jails. Um, the modern day jails of today, I guess the jails for blacks then were 
or one of the types of jails was the plantation. Because in jail, modern day jail, you have to go to, you can do certain work, certain things, you know, go to work. You had to do certain jobs, certain duties. You had to go to bed when they say go to bed, get up when they say get up. And on the plantations, you pretty much had to do the same thing. Get up when they said to get up. If they want you to work all night, all day and night, that's when you were working all day and all night. So I guess the plantations were like the jails back then. And the slave patrols will be similar to um, some police departments have their own fugitive division. And then sometimes they link up with uh, the feds, with the marshals and those who get away. They send them out the fugitive division or the marshals or any other division that actually goes out and hunts down people. Um, they go ahead and send those folks out. So it's just, still ain't nothing changed <laughs> in a lot of ways, right? Just so you know, you're rocking with the best thoughts of the week. And we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what you've seen on the screen here. All right. We're going to hit back up Dr. Claude Anderson's recent book. A Black History Reader, 101 Questions You Never Thought to Ask. And so we're going to tackle today on the show question number 49. All right. Question number 49, which is why is the pattern of black men killed by white law enforcement personnel so acceptable and so entrenched in society. All right. Again, why? Question number 49 from the latest book, A Black History Reader, 101 Questions You Never Thought to Ask by Dr. Claude Anderson. And question number 49 again is why is the pattern of black men killed by white law enforcement personnel so acceptable and so entrenched in society. All right. So with that being said, let's tackle this. Uh, let's go to the book and see what the doctor has to say. All right. And there we go. Black history reader, Dr. Claude Anderson. And um, question number 49. And over here on the other side is some picture, a couple of pictures here. Let's see if I can put them over there right there. Move my hand out the way. All right, there you go. Slavery plantation police badges issued to protect whites and property. And then on the other side, it says, well, here, Ku Klux Klan badge, badges, the source for the Ku Klux. So the picture you're looking on, this one right here, is the Ku Klux Klan badge. I don't know if they changed them over the years, but I guess that's one of them. And you can verify that because you can go to the source, the U.S. Library of Congress. And then on the other side here, 
You have the slavery plantation police badges. And the source of that is uh, Lest We Forget Slavery Museum in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. If they haven't removed it or removed it already, never know. I, I, I don't think they would remove it, but you can verify that by going to the Lest We Forget Slavery, Slavery Museum in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. All right. So that's that slavery plantation police badge. All right. To give you all some context and some history. All right. So, um, yeah, let's get into it, man. Let's get into it. So, again, question number 49. Why is the pattern of black men killed by white law enforcement personnel so acceptable and so entrenched in society? All right. So for centuries, America has been a killing field for young black men, especially by white law enforcement. Although a long historical pattern, incidents in recent years have been troubling. In nearly every instance, courts and grand juries allow those who profile, beat or kill young black men to go unpunished. Why? Because the underclass status of blacks, which caused them to have unique historical experiences, is codified in this nation's revered founding documents. The Constitution of the U.S. and the Bill of Rights declare America a land of exceptionalism, the cradle of democracy, and a nation that values immigrants. All right. I'm going to read that one again. Soak that in. The Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights declare America a land of exceptionalism, the cradle of democracy. And a nation that values. That values immigrants. Blacks were exceptional, too. They were the nation's only non-immigrants. Now, some of y'all are going to already debate that. I'm going to read that again. Blacks were exceptional, too. They were the nation's only non-immigrants. All right. So real quick, I'm going to break that down because there was another uh, podcast episode I did a while back. Um, something along the lines of uh, Blacks versus black immigrants or what's the difference between american blacks and um african american blacks i think that's what it was and so just to touch back on that in regards to what the sentence is what the sentence says blacks were exceptional too they were the nation's only non-immigrants and so when you look up the word um immigrant or when you ask somebody about immigrants normally when you look at immigrant that means somebody came from one place let's say another country and then they came over to the u.s they weren't forced into it all right they weren't con tricked or forced they on their own decided hey i wanted to go i want to go over here and be over here whereas the slavery the slaves at the time they were forced to do it so it wasn't on their own and they just felt like, hey, I want to go see what America's about. 
they were forced into it and taken, stolen, sometimes stolen, sometimes forced and brought over. So they are not immigrants by that definition. All right. They were made to come over against their own will. So blacks were exceptional, too. They were the nation's only non-immigrants. They were valued only as human property. All right. Entitled to be treated just like field animals. All right. The blacks in America, the only non the nation's only non-immigrants. Were valued only as human property. Entitled to be treated just like field animals. And some people still look at blacks, although they're not making the the historical connection and the distinction between black immigrants, those from Jamaica, Africa, um, Haiti, Dominican Republic, those who consider themselves black, because there's a lot of Dominicans who don't even consider themselves black. And they're dark as some of them are dark as me. Some of them are just a shade or two lighter than me. Some of them are as light as light skin like my cousins are, and they don't consider themselves being black, which is cool. I mean, that's their choice. But um black immigrants, all right, difference. Okay. They were valued only as human property, entitled to be treated just like field animals. This lack of respect for a black man's life, black for a black man's life, rights and contribution became infused into the nation's national spirit and codified into the legal and political infrastructure. All right. America's perception of black men was framed by the U.S. Supreme Court's infamous 1857 Dred Scott decision. Y'all look that up. Research that. The 1857 Dred Scott decision. So I'm going to read that again. This lack of respect for a black man's life, rights, and contributions became infused into the nation's natural national spirit and codified into the legal and political infrastructure. America's perception of black men was framed by the U.S. Supreme Court's infamous 1857 Dred Scott decision. All right. A black slave, a black slave declared he was a free person because he had visited and temporarily lived in a free state. The Supreme Court ruled, however, that a black man has no rights, which a white man is bound to respect. All right, I'm going to read that again. Supreme Court, catch all of these. Supreme Court, you have a black man declared, a black slave declared he was was a free person because he had visited a temporarily lived in a, and visited and temporarily lived in a free state. But the Supreme Court, Supreme Court ruled, however, that, and this was from the Dred Scott decision, 1857 Dred Scott decision. A black man has no rights, which a white man is bound to respect. All right. Bound to respect. The infamous ruling never reversed in over 150 years. 
that infamous ruling, the Dred Scott ruling, never reversed or never was reversed in over 150 years, has been locked into the culture and collective American psyche and passed down from generation to generation of ethnic whites. So, so far, what it looks like is being said is that because of this Dred Scott ruling, where it says uh, uh, where the Supreme Court ruled that a black man has no rights, which a white man is bound to respect. So you having these issues that's happening today because still, even after 150 years, because the infamous ruling was never reversed, you still have embedded in the psyche that white men still have no respect of a black man's rights. Again, it says a black man has no rights, which a white man is bound to respect. That's in the Dred Scott ruling, 1857, if I'm not mistaken here, according to the book. All right. Um, the infamous ruling never reversed in, a, in over 150 years has been locked into the culture and collective American psyche. All right. And passed down from generation to generation of ethnic whites. The first lesson immigrants learn when they come to this country, the U.S., is that they are prized and valued over native black Americans. Let me say that again. The first lesson immigrants learn, those who come freely and voluntarily from another country to the U.S., they weren't, they weren't, they were not forced to come over. All right. And then there's also um, information that there were blacks before slavery even started. There were blacks already in the U.S. before even Columbus came over. But that never gets talked about either. And maybe in another episode, maybe we'll dive into that as well. So there's a lot of history that's been hidden and kept a secret on purpose. All right. But I digress from that. The first lesson immigrants learn when they come to this country is that they are they are prized and valued over native black Americans. This prevailing attitude impacts every aspect of how our political and law enforcement systems view and treat blacks. All right. This nation's public policies of benign and the benign neglect and political correctness further depreciated the value and rights of black Americans. Those policies were constructed to kill off the black civil rights movement of the 1960s and to make all forms of blackness invisible. Um, the policy of benign neglect, y'all keep that in mind. That's been, a lot of people have been mentioning that a lot lately. All right. That's being practiced now, even as I speak, the benign neglect policy. All right. If you don't mention anything about black and you don't promise them anything, then they can't come back and say anything about, because if you promise something, they can come back and say, well, you promised this and you didn't give it to us. So the whole thing is, is to ignore anything regarding black. And that's what's going on today. If you pay attention, you will notice that's what's going on. So the policy of benign benign neglect took the focus off of blacks. That's a policy. Now, it may not be written, but it's a policy that's practiced. All right. A policy that's practiced. The policy of benign neglect took the focus off of blacks 
and over the course of the next half century morphed into political correctness and diversity. All right. Code word diversity. That's a code word. Policies that do not distinguish or aid blacks. All right. The views of law enforcement and society in general carry the legacies of slavery, Jim Crow, semi-slavery, and the Dred Scott decision, what I just read to you guys. All right. Having relinquished the few concrete gains made during the civil rights movement, blacks have slid back into the powerless underclass status. All right. Blacks, however, should not be treated as guests in America. This nation was founded on the blood, sweat, and labor of millions of blacks who were denied their very humanity and the fruits of their labor. There's no one that can deny that. Slaves, the black slaves built this country, founded this country. That's why you heard, uh, you can go back and, and research that too. That's why Trump even said it one time that um, he founded, that the blacks uh, founded this country. See, a lot of them in the government, they know what's up. They have the knowledge. They know what's going on. They know what's up. They know who built the country. And like I've told uh, people in the past, Trump tells um, a lot of people don't like him. And I understand, I'm not saying I like him either, but what I've noticed, because when I study people, I pick out certain things I, I realize about them. And one thing is um, regarding Trump, what he does, what I notice he does a lot and has done, even when he started running for, for president, is he will tell truth. Sometimes he'll tell truth when it's to his benefit. You just got to pay attention. He'll say a lot of things that are factual, but well, as long as it's to his benefit. And then he'll, tell, he'll throw some other nonsense in. He'll say other things later on to his benefit as well, if it's to, to sidetrack something or to take somebody off track of what they're trying to do to him, he'll say and do certain things, even when he does executive orders and stuff, he's all, he's all, he's planning all of this out. Sometimes I think sometimes as he goes, he's calculating moves. And sometimes when, wherever he might be, he's thinking through strategy. He's playing chess a lot of times and people, people are getting, not realizing it and seeing what the game he's playing. And so that's what I notice he he's done. If I don't notice anything else, what he does is he'll tell certain truths that certain people might feel like that's the lie or whatever, but he's doing it to his benefit. Sometimes I think he'll say certain things about blacks that's factual because he's trying to gather some black folks to vote for him. So he'll tell truths to his benefit and he'll tell lies to his benefit as well. All right. So let me go back. Um, having relinquished a few concrete gains made during the civil rights movement, blacks have slid back into a powerless underclass status. Blacks, however, should not be treated as guests in America. This nation was founded on the blood, sweat and labor. Let me say it again. This nation was founded on the blood sweat and labor of millions of blacks who were denied their very humanity and the fruits of their labor. That's facts. Whether you want to believe it or not, that's facts. 
the newly fabricated class groups, especially immigrants, inherit unearned benefits, meaning all the blood, the sweat, and labor of the millions of Blacks who founded this country, who built this country. And there'll be some people saying stuff about Chinese helped do this and this group did this. But when we start peeling back, take the peel off that banana or take the peel off that orange or shave off them peels off the apple, you'll see another picture. All right. But the newly fabricated class groups, especially immigrants now, because you notice when you watch, whether you watch TV or you're on social media, the push seems to be about immigrants, immigrants, immigrants or LGBTQ, IOA, whatever the alphabet crew. Um, you notice is always talk about those groups. And I think recently they passed something Supreme Court did in favor of the alphabet people. You know what I mean when I say alphabet people, right? Um, and they might have done some something else might have happened recently too. I can't remember. I thought I heard something else floating around in the news. But you never you notice it's never regarding blacks. They're doing some things, they did some things because it's kind of like to appease, to make them keep black people quiet, because with all the damage that was going on lately after uh, George Floyd, you know, folks had to try to do something because they would have been in the hot seat at that time. But um, again, the newly fabricated class groups, especially immigrants, inherit unearned benefits, respect and rights to which blacks were entitled but never received. The larger society adds further insult to injury when it participates in public dialogue that gives the false impression that all people and groups have contributed equally, I just talked about that, to the development of this nation. This is a convenient myth, all right? The racial problems between law enforcement and black men will not abate until this nation addresses the exceptional history and achievements of black Americans. Police power is freely exercised against black men who are perceived as obsolete and powerless to do little more than march or riot. The larger society has a responsibility to resolve the long-standing dehumanization of blacks that is contained in our foundation documents and to erase the, the emanating legal precedents. The tension between law enforcement and blacks will never abate as long as whites own and control 98% of all the nation's wealth, income, businesses, land, privileges, and all levels of government. The maldistribution that slavery produced, the maldistribution that slavery produced, if any of this is, is a lie, go do your research and holler back at me, or you can holler back at Claude Anderson. All right. Um, the tension between law enforcement and blacks will never abate as long as whites own and control 98% of all the nation's wealth, income, businesses, land, privileges, and all levels of government. The maldistribution that slavery produced and the cultural effects of the Dred Scott decision must be considered in any serious efforts 
to analyze the relationship between blacks and law enforcement. Calls for healing, no matter how sincere, will not correct the problem, all right? Understanding the, the historical context, however, would be a better beginning point. At least both groups would understand the importance of reversing the holding of Dred Scott and the contribution of the United States Constitution to the problem, all right? And so that ends uh, question number 49. Why is the pattern of black men killed by white law enforcement personnel so acceptable and so entrenched in society? All right. Again, I say um, pay attention, you know, go back and check out the show again. And in a second, I'll let you guys know where you also can listen to the show as well. But um, take in consideration the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights. Also look into 1857 Dred Scott decision where the Supreme Court, I think it's part of that, where the Supreme Court ruled that a black man has no right which a white man is bound to respect. And that ruling hasn't been reversed in over 150 years. Okay. So keep that in mind. And again, let me show you these pictures. Also, another thing, keep benign and neglect in your head too. That's a policy. It might not be like a written, but it's being it's a policy that's being practiced even right this second as I'm talking. It's still being practiced. There's a practice called benign neglect. All right. Which takes the focus off of blacks and morphed into political correctness and diversity. And real quick, I'm going to show you these pictures, two pictures again, but um, keep these words in mind, diversity, minority, and people of color. There might be one or two others, but it's not coming to me, or there might be the three. Diversity, minorities, and people of color, all right? Black folks especially need to quit using those words because those I've said this before. Those are those are code words. Those are trick words. All right. Because when you hear somebody saying we're going to do something for people of color. You're going to start thinking, oh, they're going to do something for black people. And that's not the case. OK. It's a trick word. It's, the, it's a word to make you believe they're going to do something for you now. I recall uh, reading something that Bank of America said they was going to do something for blacks, but I think they didn't say blacks. I think they mentioned either minorities or diverse groups or diverse neighborhoods. That's a trick. So in other words, from all the stuff that blacks had to deal with throughout the years, from slavery up to now, they're putting in a trick bag and Reparations, they, they're ignoring reparations. That's being ignored, all right? That's old, There's nobody can deny that when they look up the facts. It's just a straight fact. I read in here a little while ago, you know, about um, the blacks being the only non-immigrants, right? They built, in, they built this country. And a lot of people are going to sidetrack you and say, oh, well, the Asians helped build a railroad or the Asians built the railroad. And that's not true. 
the railroad was already built before the Asians came into so-called help. It was already built. They just helped to expand it, I think, further west. But they're going to trick you into thinking they built it or they helped build it from the start, which is not the case. All right. It was already built or being built. Then they came in wanting to add their two cents in it. And so they helped kind of expand it further west, if I'm not mistaken. But black people were already building that stuff. And again, a lot of you are Trump fans. You are Trump lovers. He himself even admitted to it. Now, you can go and say, oh, he was joking. But like I told you earlier, Trump tells truths when it's in his benefit. And then he plays games with his words also when it's to his benefit. All right. That's one thing I do. I, you know, I watch people study people kind of naturally and been watching him for a long time and studying him, even especially when he's running for president. And he will tell facts. He would tell straight facts sometimes, but it'll be to his it's to his benefit. So you can't deny that blacks built this country. They they founded this country and built the country. And you can ask you for your for those who are Republicans and Trump lovers, ask your boy. He knows. Again, he tells things when he wants to to his benefit. And then he plays games and tells lies to his benefit, for his benefit. All right, it's just straight facts. But um, yeah, let me show you this picture here. So keep in mind diversity, blacks people especially don't get tricked by these words. Diversity, people of color, and minorities. Those words do not exclusively mean black. And every time you hear those words and you and you hear some group or a company saying, we're gonna do this for uh the diversity plan or diverse groups in a diverse neighborhood, you're going to think in your mind, oh, that means black, but very little is going to come to them. It's going to be all these other races and gender sometimes as well, included in there. When you hear people of color, you automatically think it's black, but you're not the only people of color. Indians from East, from East India have color to them. All right. Um, Dominicans have color to them. Those in South America, uh, Haiti, so on and so forth, Jamaica, Aruba, Trinidad, Tobago, they have color to them. But they also are immigrants. All right. You, you and I, some of us are the non, the only non-immigrants, black non-immigrants of this country from our ancestors being forced over here to the country right and so we're the only non-immigrants don't let people trick you about that because people are going to say oh you got you from africa but they don't understand the cultural change when blacks were taken from africa yeah we all have the african phenotype our dna might be able to link but the difference is when you talk about immigrants immigrants come over not forced to come over. They made a decision in their mind they want to come over to the country. And a lot of them are allowed to come to the country. The ones who were stolen and forced were not immigrants. They were stolen and brought over. So they was they didn't have a choice to come over. So they are not immigrants. 
we are the only non-black the black non-immigrants of the country so a lot of people are going to play these games black people black immigrants will play that with you too and that's not everybody because some black immigrants know what time it is they know what's going on they know the game's being played and then there's some that's going to play these games with you back and forth because they want to get in on the benefits if there's a potential that the non-black immigrants are going to get something then they want to slide themselves in i.e um alexandria ocasio yeah i said her name too she thinks she's slick um so again let me show you these pictures here all verifiable if you go check out the um the less we forget slavery museum in philadelphia pennsylvania if it's still there and they have the artifacts you'll see the slavery plantation police badge right there on the left right there and then over here is the ku klux klan badge the sources u.s library of congress all right so again what i like about claude anderson's books or this book i don't know if he does it um because i only read very little in the other ones and i don't think i recall seeing that in here but what i like about his book this one here a black history reader is for those who might go and say oh that's not real that's not true he, he lists the sources where you can go research it and verify it that's the thing i like about this book so the naysayers can go see if this is true and you find out it's true all right so again that's it for this show today again um we answered the question and just show you these badges again runaway slave patrol right might have been the beginnings of the first police patrols was the runaway slave patrols or you could say the first type of marshals <laughs> right that could be them right there could have been where it all originated from then it just got expanded to sheriffs and then turned into the sheriffs had to be, you know, as expansion occurred, then you have different cities. And so you had to have the city police as well involved in it. Then you have the state, state troopers, so on and so forth, right? And so hopefully this question has been answered in detail as best as possible again you guys can always go back and listen to the podcast all right and like i said um if you guys want to listen to the show it's on a lot of different listening platforms all right let me move this out the way here all right you can check it out on podcast republic you can check it out on castro you can listen to the show on Spotify, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Overcast, um, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, CastBox, Breaker, Apple Podcasts. You can watch the show on YouTube. Go to Norwood Media Vision on YouTube. All right. You can get clips of the show. 
as well on Instagram, Norwood underscore media underscore vision on Instagram. You can catch it on Facebook as well at Norwood dot media dot vision. All righty. Um, you can get an app. The app is free. It's called the podcast app. All right. You can actually catch the show there. I found that by um, not kind of by accident. I kind of researched it to because I heard somebody mention something that they uh, actually heard one of my episodes on there. So I said, let me look this up and got the app real quick, downloaded it to the phone and then searched for the um, Thoughts of the Week podcast and end up finding it. So you can get an app, free app called the podcast app and you can listen to the show there. And um, also on a platform called Himalaya. All right. This Google Himalaya. And then once you find the web address, click on it and research, type in thoughts of the week podcast and you'll be able to listen to it there. All right. Let me see if there's anything else that I have forgotten before we get out of here. I think that's it. Oh, let me mention this before I get out of here. The other books by Claude Anderson. I'm not getting paid for this. Um, I just think he has a great collection of uh, historical books. Very uh, filled filled with a lot of knowledge, a lot of factual information. Um, I think he takes pride in putting out factual stuff. And if you can, if you want to debate, debate on it. But um, you got Black Labor, White Wealth. This is the first book he came out with, The Search for Power and Economic Justice. I believe this shows where how blacks got in the condition they are in today. All right. How things kind of broke down, even from the standpoint of blacks building this country. That's thus you have black labor. And then the white gained the wealth from the black labor. All right. So that's one of the books of this five book collection. And then we have Dirty Little Secrets. About black history is heroes and other troublemakers. <laughs> he purposely titled it that. A lot of black history, a lot of things black people did that people don't know about in this book. All right. Now for some more black history, you have more dirty little secrets. All right. Volume two, some more black history facts in here. Very little known. Some known, some not so known. All right. Then you have powernomics. All right. The National Plan to Empower Black America. This is the book he mentions where you get out of uh, how to get out of that economic issue, economic problems that blacks have been into. All right. The blueprint on how to do that. All right. And then, of course, lastly, is the Black History Reader. 101 questions you never thought to ask. A lot of stuff in here. Again, uh, I'm going to look through here again. And maybe we'll do another episode. Just depends on how, how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking about, what's going on, and uh, whether I need to tackle that. There's a lot of good uh, questions in here and the breakdowns for the answers. Why were black slaves classified as three-fifths of a human? Why did the founding fathers use ambiguous terms to refer to blacks in the U.S. Constitution? Now, I mentioned in today's uh, question about the Constitution, there was a few things I told you earlier about 
to pay attention to and go look up. All right. It's a lot of stuff in here, man. Should blacks withdraw from affirmation action, affirmative action? He probably mis misspelled that. Should blacks withdraw from affirmative action programs and instead pursue racial reparations? Mm, interesting. Did blacks participate in the popular association of Ronald Reagan with the number 666 and the Antichrist? Mm, interesting. Does black humor provide psychological release from the stress of being black? So he has a lot of questions, up to 101 questions. What are the advantages of black skin? All right, maybe we'll go into that one as the next one. Who knows? Who knows? Did South Africa prepare chemical and biological weapons to use against African blacks? Yo, there's a lot of deep questions here, man. So, yeah, that's a, a black history reader, Claude Anderson. And I understand from a video I watched of him, I think he, he was working on another book. I forget what it's called, but he's probably working on another one. And um, maybe I'll try to reach out to him, man, and see if I can get an interview with him. That would be cool. That would be dope. But anyway, um, appreciate you guys again. All right. You're definitely rocking with the best. This is Thoughts of the Week podcast. All right. Be sure to support the podcast show whenever you can. We definitely appreciate it. And with that being said, I'm out of here. Peace, y'all. Have a good night.